Hey, it's Sarah, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by grant funding from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Well, hey all, long time no talk. At least it kind of feels that way. I know I've been doing a lot of interviews this season, and when I signed up for this week at the beginning of the season, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do yet, and I wanted to leave it open so that as the season progressed, I could pick something that I thought was kind of cool. And I think I found it in this idea of play schemas. So I was reviewing a training that was written by um, one of my colleagues, Lisa Gwynn, and I was like, dang, that's a whole bunch of information that I don't think I knew or that I didn't know how to put into those words. I want to share that. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about schemas and play schemas. So what is a schema besides a really funny sounding word? (laughs) Well, schemas are patterns of repeated behaviors that lead children, humans, to develop ideas and concepts which form the foundation of their understanding of how the world works around them. And as you might have guessed, uh, schemas are worked out by children in everyday play and exploration of their environment. Surely that's something you've heard before if you've listened to any episode of the podcast that we've talked about how important play is. It's how children learn, right? And so when children are working through these schemas, it's, it's directly linked to how their brains develop, right? Schemas and engaging in schemas build strong brains. They build confidence and they create new neural pathways for complex learning, which you're like, whoa, wait a minute, we're brain scientists? Yes, didn't you guys know that already? Come on. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple examples here in a minute of what that actually means. But first, I want to talk about three really important aspects of schemas. Okay, so schemas, as we're going to learn, there's eight common schemas that children are engaging in as they're learning in their environment. But sometimes these schemas or these repeated behaviors or actions a little challenging or a little um, not safe or, you know, kind of rub up against us as adults. So these three important things that you have to remember about schemas are brain urges, right? What is happening in the brain that sparks the onset of this schema during everyday play? So knowing that when children are engaging in these repeated behaviors, right, of their brain is saying, hey, we need this information. We need this data. We need to put this into the spreadsheet so we know what to do for the next step. Okay. Except for I don't think they're saying those words, but you understand. So the third, the second aspect, so the first one is brain urges, right? What is their brain saying? Hey, we need more of. Then we see those repeated behaviors, right? What are the, what are the repeated behaviors? What are the things we're seeing over and over again that tells us they're in this schema? And then learning, what learning is happening? when they're in, when they're engaged in this schema play. So let's talk about the eight schemas. Okay. There is the transporting schema, the transforming schema, the trajectory schema, rotation and circulatory schema, enclosing and enveloping, connecting and disconnecting, positioning and ordering, and orientation and perspective. So I'm not going to go into the deep, deep nitty gritty because I want you to come to the training once we start offering it. But 
I do want to talk just a little bit today about those three, those three aspects we talked about, right? The brain urges, what might be a repeated behavior and what might be something that they're learning when they're engaging in these schemas. Because the main issue here, guys, is knowledge is power. When you know that these kids' brains are like, oh, we need that information, so we have to do that thing, they're not doing it to make your life harder. I promise they're trying to be humans. And, you know, this business of training little humans for life is kind of a mind-boggling process sometimes. So I'm hoping today this information about play schemas gives you a little bit of, gives you a tool to unboggle. Hmm, I might need to work for that. Okay, so let's talk first about this transporting schema. The brain urge with a transporting schema is this fascination in moving objects and themselves from one place to another. So you might see a baby holding or shaking a rattle or uh, crawling to a favorite toy or dump and fill, right? Who loves dump and fill? Raise your hand if you love dump and fill. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you, dump and fill, right? The kids dump and we don't follow through with the fill. You have to follow through with the fill. Otherwise they will just dump. So when they dump it out, you go, oh, you dumped out the Legos. Let's pick them back up and put them in the bucket. I promise you hours of fun. A transporting schema, also you might see like a lot of push, pull, carry, um, heavy things, light things, putting things in boxes, uh, putting things in their pockets, right? It's not just grown women like myself who like pockets, it's also toddlers. Talk to them about it. What are they learning? Right, they're learning some problem solving, how long it takes to get from one place to another, etc. Okay? And I know I'm hitting these kind of hard and heavy and quick and but I promise you this is such good information and it'll be even gooder information when you come to the training. I promise you. Okay. So we talked about transporting. Now let's talk about transforming, right? So this is the brain urge when you are highly interested in how things change in shape, color, texture. Um, so you might see babies, right? Baby babies put everything in their mouth, right? They're exploring textures with their hands in their mouth. So when you see those babies putting everything in their mouths, including other people's hands, possibly they are in a transforming schema. Um, You might see a lot of banging things together, right? What sound does that make? Uh, Arranging loose parts, drawing on their own bodies, right? Uh, Mixing, mixing things, especially food, okay? So what are they learning? They're learning some cause and effect, some object permanence. Um, how things keep and change their form. Okay, so this next schema is the trajectory schema. And this is where our brain urge wants us to explore the path of movement, specifically horizontally and vertically, right? So that's babies um, laying on their backs and reaching out for a mobile, waving their arms around, their arms and their legs. Um, it's other ba- you know, babies dropping things from high chairs, right? Uh, you think this is a game. Of course it is. It's a trajectory game. They're trying to figure out that gravity and force. Um, trajectory, you're going to also see some dump and fill, um, but a lot of throw, drop, run, spin in circles, swinging, climbing, right? This is a lot of gross motor stuff. It's what they're learning in this, tra- in this schema, this trajectory schema is that hand and hand and eye coordination and foot and eye coordination, right? That sense of being separate from your body 
is separate and independent from others. Okay, so let's talk about the rotation and circulatory schema. So the brain urge is this desire to investigate and experience circular movement. Okay, so you might see babies turning their heads to follow a moving object or a person. Um, turning the pages of a book, spinning a toy, spinning themselves, drawing, right? When you give a toddler or an older infant a crayon, almost always, right? You see them start to kind of just do that scribble and drawing, right? That's a rotation and circulatory schema, right? They're not just dizzy little tops. They're, they're experience, their bodies experience it, right? And so what they're learning is how to move and balance, um, how force and motion affects objects, right? If I push the crayon down really hard, it makes a little bit darker of a mark. Okay, so then we move into the enclosing and enveloping schema. And this brain urge is exploring how objects and, and themselves, our bodies, us as humans, how we fit and are organized, right? So this is things like peekaboo, um, grabbing onto an adult's fingers, being swaddled, um, covering themselves up with blankets or other things up with blankets, putting on dress-up clothes, lots of layers of dress-up clothes, um, making building enclosures with blocks. And so they're learning some of that trial and error and that proprioceptive system um, that helps them actually learn how to kind of calm their own body when they know, oh, I can, I can fit myself into this space. And, and understand where I stop and it starts. The next schema is connecting and disconnecting, right? So <laughs> this one kind of gives itself away. The brain urge is experimenting with how things connect and disconnect, right? Plugging, unplugging, uh, grasping, releasing, tugging, uh, putting blocks together like Duplos or Legos. Um, but this also is knocking towers over, right? knocking towers over of unit blocks or putting things in order and then kind of pushing them to scatter it. They're not doing it to make a mess. They are learning spatial awareness, right? They're learning to predict what will happen if I build this up and knock it over. Okay. A good rule of thumb with that, that I teach, especially with toddlers is that you have to ask before you knock it over. Only the builder can knock it over without asking. So the next schema is the positioning and ordering schema, right? So this brain urge is when, um, how materials and objects should be organized or placed in a particular order. And you can see how that kind of goes along with that last schema, that connecting and disconnecting, right? So it's reaching for toys, it's stacking blocks, sorting toys, materials by size. Um, you know, in a particular order, pattern, sequence. Um, it's kiddos that do not want their food to touch, okay? So just thinking about this idea of, you know, I have to position an order in order to connect, disconnect. So things that they're learning would be like those, some of those math concepts, right? Number shapes, space, order, sequence, symmetry, patterns, etc. Okay, so the last common play schema is orientation and perspective. And that brain urge is about how the world looks from different angles or perspectives, right? Understanding the position of your own body in space. So again, 
those babies watching their own reflection in the mirror, turning their head to follow an adult's face. Um, <laughs> older babies, young toddlers, this is one of my favorites, right, is when they hold objects upside down or sideways to look at them, or they start to put their own bodies upside down, right, like looking through their, their legs or looking at you through when you look upside down at their legs, like upside down is this crazy concept. This is, okay, have you ever watched a toddler try to sit down in a chair that's their size? And you kind of just want to be like, my man, turn around and sit down. But their brains, their brains are working through this orientation and perspective schema. And so it's like they have to step up onto the chair, hold on to the back, turn themselves around and then sit down, right? They're learning their orientation and perspective. And so they're engaging that vestibular sense, that gross motor development, um, that positional language. I'm on top of, I'm going to put the block on. Okay. So that was, man, that was even for me, that was fast, short, and sweet, but I hope that that gives you kind of an idea. So one last thing I want to leave you with, um, with this whole idea of schematic play and knowing that as I gave examples and talked about some of the repeated behaviors, some of them were the same across schemas. So, so it's important to know that children exhibit schemas in different ways, because again, we're all individuals and we're all different. And there's three different ways to look at how children exhibit schemas, right? So the first one is kind of, kind of a little bit how we were talking, um, is this idea of a cluster of schemas, right? So many children are going through more than one and sometimes several schemas at one time. Um, and a lot of them, like we just said that, you know, positioning and ordering really does kind of go with the connecting and disconnecting. And I would say probably with orientation and perspective, right? If I'm stacking blocks, I, you know, have to know the position that where they are in space, where my body is in space, what goes next, a big one on the bottom or on top. Um, and, and those schemas kind of group and regroup as that child's learning grows and changes. And then there's, there's this idea of a dominant schema, right? So even within those clusters, you may see something that's a little more dominant, right? So again, that idea of the toddler kind of climbing, um, climbing into a chair to sit down. I would say with that, probably the, the primary, the dominant schema would be the orientation and perspective while also having a little bit of a cluster of positioning and orienting or an ordering, sorry, positioning and ordering, and maybe even a little bit of enclosing, enveloping rotation, right? Because I have to turn my body to sit down. But the primary or dominant schema there is the orientation and perspective. And then a third way that children exhibit these schemas is that there's no schema evident, right? Some children just don't exhibit any schemas at all in their play. And that's not uncommon. Um, children, humans, we all learn in different ways. And it's not development, developmentally inappropriate for children to not use schemas in play. Um, it just is that, you know, sometimes it's just not there. That's just not where they are right now. Um, I think it would be interesting now that you have this knowledge of the different schemas 
to really be thinking about your kids, observing them, watching them, seeing what schemas they fall into. Um, you know, what, what clusters are you seeing? How do they go together? I'd love to hear your examples of that. So again, (laughs) this was short, sweet, and to the point. Um, I would very much encourage you to keep your eyes out on the Casito webpage for, um, training related to play schemas that will be coming, I would imagine probably after the first of the year. Um, we're in the process of the, we're in the review process right now. So, um, yeah, I would love to hear your, love to hear your thoughts, your, um, how your what you see as clusters of schemas, what do you see of your children and their clusters? Um, feel free to reach out uh, to us at any time. Uh, follow us on social media, hit us up with an email. Those addresses will be at the end of the podcast if you want to listen for them. Um, and, you know, don't forget to go and rate us. Uh, give us a little review, share us with your friends and your families and anybody that cares for children and share this information about play schemas. I will tell you that my brain has kind of been a little blown up going through this of really thinking about the the scientific part of our brains and what our brains need with these urges. And I also think that when we can look at the play and actions and repeated behaviors that children engage in as their brain going, Ooh, I need that data for the spreadsheet. It's a little bit easier for us to say, Oh, you're not doing that just to make my life harder. You're trying to learn how to be a human. And so that just puts another, puts us on that. It just continues to put us on that path of teaching tiny humans how to be big humans. And that's a big job. So I hope this information gave you a little bit of, uh, a little bit of information to take and use and maybe give you a little light of under your fire of ways to look at kids and what they're doing and how you can help facilitate that learning. So until next time, see you later. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casido Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and the Casido Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Childcare and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email us at kidsthesedayspod at gmail and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod and on Twitter at ktdpod. Don't forget to hit subscribe, rate, and review. That's how others learn about us. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Sarah Holmes. Music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod. <laughs>